1: Today, we're in Micah chapter 6, verses 13 through 16, and then we'll move on to chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. This first section is going to be a list of basically curses from the Lord toward his people who have sinned, punishments for their sin, and then chapter 7, Micah will talk in the first person. Here's what the Lord says through Micah in chapter 6, 13 and following. Therefore, I strike you with a grievous blow, making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat, but not be satisfied, and there shall be a hunger within you. You shall put away, but not preserve, and what you preserve I will give to the sword you shall sow but not reap, you shall tread olives but not anoint yourselves with oil, you shall tread grapes but not drink wine. In other words, you're going to do all this work on the front end, but you're not going to reap the benefits on the back end because of my punishment. Why? For you have kept the statutes of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab. You have walked in their councils that I may make you a desolation, and your inhabitants a hissing, so you shall bear the scorn of my people. Omri and Ahab are kings of the northern kingdom, and they're corrupt kings, and the southern kingdom is taking on their practices, so they're all going to be judged together for acting in this unrighteous way one thing, if you want to point to any hope at all, it says, you shall bear the scorn of my people in verse 16. God is still referring to his people as my people, which that might not be much there, but at least he's still referring to them as his in hopes that sometime this punishment will relent as a remnant of people repents and turns back to him. And uh, we can look forward to that in the days to come, in the chapters to come, and especially in the New Testament. Now we go to chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Micah, speaking in the first person, says this, Woe is me, for I have become, as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned. There is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fig that my soul desires. So this is what used to happen. Back in the agricultural times, they would they go through and they'd pick the grapes or they'd Uh, clean the fields out, harvest the fields, but they would leave some behind. And then other people, many times poor people, would come through these fields and glean. You remember this from the book of Ruth. They would take the scraps or take what was left behind and just basically clean these fields out completely. And so this is referring to a time when not only has the crop been harvested, but it has also been gleaned. In other words, there is nothing there. And it's also mentioning grapes and figs. You remember from several podcasts ago, we talked about the significance of grapes and figs as a sign of peace and prosperity. So these just aren't any crops. These are grapes and figs, meaning not only do we not have food to eat, but there is no peace or prosperity left. Verse 2, the godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus, they weave it together. This is a reference to just corrupt leadership. The prince and the judge are bought with bribes. The leader utters the desire of his soul, probably the person buying the bribe. And and between all of them, they kind of weave this evil desire together and make it a reality. The best of them is like a briar and the most upright of them, a thorn hedge. In other words, briars and thorn hedges are the worst there are among plants. And so the best of who is still around are like the worst. This is bad. The day of your watchman, of your punishment has come. Now their confusion is at hand. Put no trust in a neighbor, Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. Imagine that. It's saying, don't speak. There's going to be conflict between you and the one who lies in your arms. Guard what you say. Be careful what you say because that could come back and haunt you. Verse 6, For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. It's a pretty daunting couple verses, and as I was reading this, it dawned on me, this is talking about family breakdown. There's familial relationships have disintegrated as a result of these judgments, as a result of these curses that we read in chapter 6, playing themselves out. There's all this distrust and dysfunction and disintegration within familial relationships, And we've talked for decades and decades about the breakdown of the family. I wonder if the breakdown of the family, the disintegration of familiar relationships, is the result of uh, things that are the result of judgments or punishments, or maybe if it's not actively judgments and punishments from God, just the consequences of sin manifest themselves in the breakdown of the family. Remarkable to consider that. This all ends on a pretty impressive note from Micah in chapter seven, verse seven. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait on. I will wait for God, of my salvation. My God will hear me. Let me read that again. I choked on it. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. So as everything is falling apart, here's Micah. He's got. In the beginning of chapter 7, he's saying, woe is me. All the things have been gleaned. There's no peace and there's no prosperity. He seems to be fretting. By the end of chapter 7, verse 7, he's saying, my God will hear me. I will wait for the God of my salvation. And friends, that's, I think, what we need to be. The body of Christ, uh, during these times of tumult in our culture, in the world, just got back from a conference. In Dallas, national radio broadcasters, national religious broadcasters, and we're talking about how do Christians respond in a culture that has so many things dividing it, so many things tearing it apart. On one hand, just like Mike in chapter 7, verse 1, we lament, we grieve the situation that we find ourselves in as a country, as a culture, as a people, but also. Like verse 7, we have great confidence in our God. We don't lament and grieve and fret the way that people who don't know Christ do. We grieve with hope. We grieve with confidence that comes from the Lord. That stems from the fact that we are not among those who are going to bear the wrath of God because we have repented. We have put our faith and trust in Christ. We stand righteous and perfect and blameless and holy before God despite the fact that we are still sinful, despite the fact that we're living in a sinful generation. But we can convey that confidence and point others to God so they can be part of that group of people who is also protected from the wrath of God in this life and in the next.
0: The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship.